I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This is BetQL Daily with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, in on a Thursday, talking some futures, some NBA, some college hoops. We're going to chat with Dan Bespris here, one of our favorite guests on the NBA. He's about to join the show on the Roman Guest Line to talk all things as the second half, or I guess last third, or you want to say, of the season begins. We'll get to some nickel or dime later this hour. And then, of course, lightning bets to end the show Dan Bespris, I believe he is with us and ready to chat and ready to talk some NBA on this Thursday. Dan, how you doing, man? Hey, pretty good. I realized that uh, my my backdrop wasn't quite comprehensive enough, so I had to adjust the camera a little bit here. Oh, you're good. How you doing? How are you guys this morning? We're good. We're excited to talk to you about the futures market, the NBA, and everything going on as the league uh, tips back off. Dan, let, let's start with this because I'm, I'm interested. Uh, I know we've talked a lot of Lakers before. We were discussing uh, win totals, future win totals over the course of uh, the rest of the season. And we hit on the Lakers. I think it's about 38 and a half for their win total. They have 27 wins right now. What, what do you think is coming here? A lot of noise with LeBron and they're upset. And is this season salvageable or is this a sinking ship with the Lakers down the stretch? Well, I, I certainly don't like the uh, the the sort of the writing that's going on right now, and and you do feel like that's kind of the beginning. This is how it has happened many times. The coverage of it is uh, a bit much. I mean, every article is clickbaity <laughs> on what's going on between LeBron and Palinka and whatever stuff is going on behind the scenes and what could have happened with Houston, what didn't happen with Houston, and so on and so forth. Um, everything is always salvageable. I'll take the optimistic outlook here just from a reality standpoint. Uh, everything is salvageable with a mildly successful playoff run. Uh, as the regular season goes, no, it's not. Because Anthony Davis is out for three more weeks at least. And we've already seen that the Lakers defensively are full-on useless when Davis is not on the floor because LeBron simply can't play center as much as they've asked him to without we saw knee soreness develop before the break he had to miss a few games he was kind of he was questionable he was probable he's gonna have to do it again and I just don't know if there's that much in the tank for a good 
finish to the regular season. Now, the good news is the Trailblazers are going into quiet tank mode. Yusuf Nurkic is out with plantar fasciitis. They were winning too many games, which means the Lakers have a lot of cushion between them and falling out of a play-in tournament where the other teams in that play-in are eminently beatable by LeBron by himself on a decent night. So, yes, things are salvageable with a proper postseason run, uh, but no, the regular season is not going to be fun for them. They've got 24 games left. I, you know, winning about half of those feels like a pretty good target. So that, you know, that number 38 and change is pretty much right on the money for them, but they have a really tough schedule. So I wouldn't be surprised if that actually went under. Uh, Dan, the top of the West, Phoenix, Golden State, the storyline th- throughout the remainder of the season is going to be, okay, when other dudes getting back, when's Chris Paul and Jeremiah Green going to be back and how are they going to look like and could it be beneficial in the end? But what I find more intriguing is before we get to that play-in section, a couple of teams that do have that A1 superstar and it's about the rest of the team in Dallas and Denver. Uh, we, we know the injury situation with the Nuggets. Actually, the lack of clarity is what we know. And and the Mavs have really improved their defense from a year ago. Uh, what do you think the ceiling is for these two teams? I think Dallas is one key player away. And they thought for a while that that might be Kristaps Porzingis. He's just not healthy enough to be that guy and not imposing enough when guys start to be able to kind of push you around a bit more to be that guy. So Dallas is like, I think of the best way that we could describe it is partway to being where they want to be. They needed to break up Kristaps' gigantic contract into smaller, sort of more manageable deals where then maybe they can move some pieces around possibly for next year. They always have Luka, so they're never going to be out of any one particular game, but they're not with the top really two, maybe even three, but I would say top two teams in the West right now. And you know, as far as like Phoenix is concerned, if we're talking about Chris Paul missing the rest of the regular season, they've built up such a massive lead at this point that I think the one seed is probably still pretty safe for Phoenix. So, I, you know, I don't think Mavericks are getting up in there. Yes, we might see Jamal Murray. We might see Michael Porter Jr. for the Nuggets before the end of the regular season. But how much time will they have to ramp up? I mean, we're really coming down the chute here. About seven weeks left in the regular season. If those guys are back in, I don't know, throw your hands in the air and say four, it's going to take at least two to three weeks for them to even get close to where they want to be. So not quite, unfortunately, is my answer for those teams. I really like what uh, the Mavericks have done this year in terms of the way they play. Obviously, what Jokic is doing to keep the Nuggets afloat is unbelievable because his supporting cast is, you, you know, if you can name four of them, congratulations, you're a deep dive fantasy player at that point. Uh, but they're not quite there with those top most teams. Dan, you mentioned time to ramp up. Uh, the Sixers will incorporate James Harden into the mix starting tomorrow night against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Do you think they have enough time to, to kind of recalibrate? You know, we've never seen a team win a title making this kind of trade in season, you know, trading for a, a guy as great as James Harden in season. Sixers are looked at now as one of the favorites to get out of the East. Do you think they've got enough time to figure out how to play Harden and beat everyone off of them, you know, in the next five weeks or six weeks of the playoffs? I'm going to say yes with one caveat. They need to be healthy. They need all 24, 24, I think, or 25 games, the 24, the rest of the way. 
for those two guys to figure each other out. That's kind of the timeline we've seen in the past of superstars learning each other is about 30 games. So give them the 24 in the regular season. Let's say that they can work their way through the first round of the playoffs because we'll assume by the end of 24 games, they're starting to at least figure things out. Now you're talking about a team maybe hitting on all cylinders by the second round of the playoffs. So I'm going to say yes, but we also know Joel Embiid has a habit of missing games. I don't think he's ever played more than about uh, 80% of his team's games in a season. And he's been, by all accounts, mostly healthy this year, at least compared to seasons past. And James Harden has hit a point in his career where he's now missing a couple weeks at a time. The hamstring thing. And I get it with at the end of Houston, he kind of, he sort of ate his way out of town. That was by design. But even prior to that, he was missing a few weeks here and there. So that's the big caveat. Can they be healthy enough to play together for those final 24 games? And I think from a betting standpoint, you can see as those changes start to take effect. Let's say they are healthy for the you know the next 12 to 15 games. I don't know how much the price is going to change over that stretch, especially it might even get better if they lose a few games here as the two superstars are, are learning each other. And as James Harden is understanding where all of the role players want to be on the floor, how they want to receive their passes, you might actually get a better number while the team is gelling. And if they stay healthy, I might take a little bit of a shot on that. But there's a, a kind of a touch and go approach to this because you need to see the improvement and you need to see a little bit of time left before you can make that bet before they start to play better. If that makes sense. I was circuitous. I know. <laughs> Dan, with the amount of time left, you could make a case that in the Eastern conference, there are five teams that could grab the number one seed and have home court throughout the, uh, throughout the playoffs there. Now, do you, how do you think these teams are going to handle it? Because if you do, accomplish that feat you have the best record in the eastern conference you get the one seed you could start the playoffs with the brooklyn nets yeah the east is about as jammed as i can remember in you know the last 10 to 15 years at least my honestly if i'm going to be truthful with everybody i don't really remember what i did yesterday the last couple of years <laughs> same but yeah uh as far as the the playoff standings in the east go I think because of that, selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are going to see a couple of rest days down the stretch, and you can't really game for it because it's still quite conceivable the Nets could end up in the seven seed. They could be the seven. They could be the eight. What if everything goes wrong? What if Kevin Durant doesn't come back healthy? What if Ben Simmons can't get himself back on the floor? Supposedly, they're the latest reporting is that they're trying to teach him how to shoot while he's got this time off. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with Brooklyn. Let's assume, for argument's sake, that they do have at least two of their big name players back. So, yes, that's not a team in a seven or eight seed that you really want to run into. But I don't know how badly you want to run into anybody above them in the East. So I don't think there's a massive advantage no matter where you are. If you're going for the one seed, you're doing it for home court advantage at that point. You're not worried so much about your opponent. And other than the 76ers, who've done a weird little about face from last season where they were uh, terrific at home and horrible on the road, they're actually better on the road than at home this season. Everybody else in that top Eastern chunk, down one through six, has been much much better at home than on the road. So I do think you're going to see them mostly playing for a top one or two seed. Uh, I think most of these teams handle the pressure relatively well with perhaps the exception of the Cavs because they're dealing with a number of injuries and new pieces. Uh, So I I don't think they're too worried about it. Brooklyn could be the seven. Brooklyn could be the eight. Toronto might fall back a little bit. Celtics have been quietly one of the best teams in the NBA for about a month and a half, and no one's really noticed it yet. They could move up. There's too much to worry about for any of these teams to throttle up or throttle back. I think they play it out the way they would as if the eight seed was going to be sort of a, a, a cakewalk of a team. We're talking hoops here NBA with Dan Vespers. Dan, the Nets just came up there. What do you think about this? Obviously, we don't know when we're going to see all three on the court at the same time. Durant's still coming back from injury. Kyrie, the mandate in New York City may very well soon change, so he could play all, all the games. And then there's Ben Simmons, who's ramping back up to play. What do you think about the new-look Nets when they're all together? I, I think, in theory, it could fit. Like, Ben really could kind of take a step back offensively and facilitate it probably better in that role. But there's a lot of moving parts, not much time left. How do you think that trio now fits together in Brooklyn? So I'm not super worried about it, which is weird because I, I am a bit more worried about how Harden and Embiid fit over time. The magic of Brooklyn is that if Kevin Durant is healthy, they have Kevin Durant. And we've seen that in the past. And it was honestly the reason they had a good record the first half of this season is they played tight games with bad teams. And in the fourth quarter, they said, Kevin, go beat this team. And he did. And since he went down, they haven't been able to do that. They're like neck and neck with bad teams, but they're not winning the close ball games late anymore. They're not defending anybody. So where's their X factor? Well, uh, again, assuming I think Kevin, we can 
safely say is the best offensive player in the NBA right now. When he gets back, that fixes everything for them. And everybody else will just kind of fit in around him. So in terms of ceiling, you do need to, you do need that chemistry. But in terms of the floor, Kevin coming back pushes them all the way up to decent playoff team. Uh, and then they'll have those last 24 games to sort of get to the next couple clicks above that. So how are you handling uh, your viewpoint on futures? Do you need to see Brooklyn? Do you need to see what Philadelphia looks like before we get a handle on this? And and this impacts bets on other teams too. Like may, if if Brooklyn is going to get out of that playing situation, they're going to be much better. Um, if Durant... It, does return in the next week, like the GM kind of uh, suggested yesterday, that that's a possibility. Uh, how much does that that impact anything? Is and is there any value out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, no. Unfortunately, the value is there if you're willing to take a shot before you see what what these teams can do. Uh, in terms of win totals, if we weren't looking at the postseason, mm-hmm. these are situations I would historically fade a team because of what we've talked about already. You guys have both mentioned it. It does take time for superstars to fit together. There are going to be losses. I think the, the example I always go back to is uh, the LeBron big three in Miami where, well, D-Wade got hurt early, but they were 500 ball club the first 20 games of that year. And this is like an historic combination of superstars. They were a 500 team. And you're going to see that out of Brooklyn, out of Philly, as they try to piece it together here. And it's going to be expedited. So there's going to be fatigue there's going to be mental fatigue that goes into that as the postseason goes it's a little bit of a different bird you start to imagine okay what is the ceiling for these teams how far could they go and then it comes down to prices so you're kind of putting three factors into one bucket i'm probably not betting on brooklyn or philadelphia as a future i think the trade that went down wipes out most of the value on those teams uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I gave out a Celtics to win the Atlantic division play at 25 to one. Uh, we'll see if the hardened Embiid trade blows that thing up, but that's the kind of thing you're looking for. Where are these, where's the money coming that's creating sort of a, 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 a cushy spot elsewhere. And right now it's not on those teams. I, I would not bet on those teams in the playoffs. Even if you think they're going to go relatively far, you've got to look for the other path. The Miami's, does Milwaukee kind of get out of their finals hangover? Because Milwaukee hasn't been playing very hard this year. We can be pretty straight about that. Can the Celtics get over the hump? What about DeMar DeRozan's historic run? I love the Heat. That's a battle-tested team. These are good spots to look at that aren't in the limelight right now. Great stuff. That was Dan Bespress on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for EDL from the comfort of privacy of your home, go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Nickel or dime coming up next right here on the BetQL Network. You're locked in to BetQL Daily with the Joes. Joe Ostrowski and Joe Gillio from BetQL.